Mindset Game Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. Before we get started with this week's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And today's guest, I've got Jordana Barnett. She's one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100 coaches. She's also a writer, speaker, and wisdom keeper. Her quote she likes to use is, My purpose is to help people realize how powerful and unique we all can truly, tru- we truly are. So thanks for coming on the show, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here today. So you talk about, in your book, uh, hashtag truth, uh, know your truth about as a youngster you were in a psychology t- kind of term uh, an introvert can you can you explain what you mean by that well um i wasn't an introvert but most people um thought i was an introvert because i didn't speak so much i didn't say so much when we had guests over at our house i would rather be by myself than sitting with the guest and talking. And there was this a reason for that, because I was born into a family where my father was a very dominant man, and he, he liked to, um, well, impress his uh, way of perceiving reality on everybody in the family. His way was the right way, and everything that was off that path was wrong. And I was often off that path. And, uh, well... It was, he came, they came from the Balkans in the mid 60s, and I was born in Sweden. So there were two cultures clashing there a culture where women actually didn't have anything to say, and a culture where women's liberation is really, really had gone very far in the 60s. So my father kept this notion that women were not supposed to be educated, that women, well, they, they were best kept in the kitchen. And I was, everything opposite to that. So there was always problems going on. And I realized that very early, that if I was to survive in this family, I had to keep my thoughts to myself. So that's why people thought I was an introvert, which I actually am not, because I'm sitting here talking to you on a podcast, and I'm talking all the time, I'm writing and coaching people. And um, so it's, it's, it's it's a wrong label uh, because that was not who I was. It was just how I expressed that. And I had this, uh, well, I learned how to dodge fear instead of seek happiness in my childhood. Every time I dodged fear, I thought, oh, this is happiness. And it wasn't. I mean, it took me many, many years to understand that there are two different ways of being in this reality. One way is to dodge fear and think that that is happiness. And the other one is to actually, truly, actively seek happiness. And that's what I'm doing today. And you talk a little bit about happiness and whatnot in your book. Do you do you believe that... Uh, having that outlook when you were younger and trying to uh, kind of be seen as an introvert is is kind of looking at it for, in a negative way and trying to well obviously you couldn't confront your father at that time because mm. that's how it how it was in society mm. whereas if it was now it's it was probably it's probably perceived more as an obstacle because okay mm. 
in mod- the modern era, well, I think this, you think that, will kind of come to a compromise. Okay, there might be an obstacle as to, okay, you are you are the parent, but I don't have the same view or outlook on life as mm-hmm. you do. So you, you can't constrain my thinking to what you mm-hmm. have to go through. And um, ha- how I want to ask this question is you bring up, in 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 the book about positivity what what do you mean that to be is it like a perception of reality as into obviously not dwell on the past and mm-hmm. not look too far in the future because okay you can't you can't control those are kind of the uncontrollables you can't mm-hmm. you can't change what happened in the past and okay you can change the outlook in the future because mm-hmm. it's what you do in the here and now so is is that what you you kind of mean in in terms of the positivity in your book? Mm. Well, what I mean is that everything that happens in your life happens for a reason, and why I put myself or my higher self put me in this horrible settings as I put myself in when I was a child is because I needed that. I needed the silence. I needed to not express my thoughts because if you express your thoughts and grown-ups tell you no 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 this is how it is it will change your way of thinking and i couldn't do that i had to keep them to myself which meant that it was only me myself and i in this conversation and my thoughts didn't get polluted by grown-ups so i could i could kind of grow my own thoughts and and my view of reality without allowing others to tell me how it is so looking at it from this perspective where i am a happy person in a beautiful life looking back at my uh, childhood the things that were horrible then were needed in order for me to be who i am today so they were horrible then and felt like something negative but looking from this perspective i can see the point in them and i can see i can i can use the positive outcome of them in this reality now and i do talk about that in the book too that you actually can change your past by remembering things from a different perspective there there is a a story where i um tell how i felt when um my parents wanted to take us to a cave nearby and i was so happy to do this i i think i was 4 or 5 years old and i remember the anticipation about going to this cave and i had this imagination of how it would look and everything and when we were to sit in the car my mother said there's no room for her we were too many there were many people going on this trip and they decided that i was to stay at home and this sounds like a very small thing but to me it was a pattern because my mother used to do this she felt that i didn't i wasn't needed she didn't want me in her life and this actually showed itself in this memory i have and i was very sad because i felt that i'm not that big i could fit into the car but my mother doesn't want me so i was sad and they left off and i was sitting there with my aunt because my aunt stayed back with me and what i did there I created a little cave. I put I took pebbles around and I put them on top of each other and I created an imaginary cave and then my aunt and me we started playing with that cave. She told me how it looked there and we had this imaginary 
moment where we were actually in a cave. And I had this as a sad memory for a long time. But a few years ago, when I revisited this, this memory, I started looking at it from a different perspective. I started looking at this little girl because I didn't allow myself to be devastated. I didn't run up to my room, started crying or something. I actually created something that would give me what I wanted. I wanted to see the cave. So I created my own cave and then I went into this cave and I had a blast with my aunt. So that is important information for me. Not that I was a victim that my mother actually didn't love me, but what I do with a negative thing in my reality, and I did it as a child, I turn it into an opportunity to experience what I want, even if the opportunity doesn't show up by itself. And that's important information for me today because it shows me that I actually am a strong soul and that I actually think that I can change my own reality. So looking at it from that perspective, a negative memory can become something really, really strong for you if you look for the strength in that moment. Uh, so I think we can change our past um, by changing the feeling that is attached to that, to that memory, because every memory has a feeling attached to it. And the feeling is the key in the memory, always. So if you can change your perspective on the feeling you had there and ask yourself, why am I feeling this? How did I cope with it? And then look at it from a positive perspective. You actually change your future because when you understand something in the now moment, you also change your actions in the future. So that's how future and, and, and the past are connected. It's only through now. So when people say you can't change your past, of course, you, you can't change the facts. I mean, the time of the day, who was there. But you can look at your own feelings and see, look at your actions and reactions from different perspectives. And that's when you can just pick the good stuff and release the, le the, the less good things. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's quite insightful in terms of using a negative, it's probably something, it's, like you say, you've used, you've, had a ne negative connotation on something, but you've mm -hmm. turned a positive spin on it. It's probably something I probably subconsciously probably done a lot mm -hmm. throughout throughout my life in terms of be it dealing with my impairment, mm -hmm. uh, school, university, mm -hmm. sport, and and whatnot, and and kind of mm -hmm. dealing with it. Okay, well, this has affected me in a negative way. What can I do to give it a positive connota connotation or mm. a better outlook on it. And to, well, if I look at, as an example, the sport, mm. oh, if I look at it from a negative perspective, okay, my my goal throughout it was to get a gold medal. Okay, that didn't happen. But now mm. when I have a positive reflection on that career as a, a, in its whole entirety is, mm. okay, I had a good career. I managed to go 10 years go to two Paralympic Games, it's not, it's, it's not enough, any, people say to me, oh, it's, that's still, still, the ones that, when I've looked at it on a negative perspective, have said, well, you've still made two games, it's, it's still better than most people have made one, mm -hmm. so I was like, it's kind of made me change my mindset of, okay, I didn't achieve that original goal I had, but, it's not the end of the world. It's I was able to travel. Well, mm. I've been to 
I won't say every continent in the world, and uh, I've probably had lasting friendships that I still have to this day with multiple nationalities throughout the world, whereas if I hadn't done the sport, okay, I still had friendships because I grew up in a, uh, a NATO environment, so I, I was among different uh, cultures, nationalities, so from mm. that aspect, okay, that wouldn't change because I still know mm. different nationalities anyway, but being able to travel and compete in different countries, I wouldn't have been able to do, so I look at it more so from that, okay, you've managed to see different countries that you, well, if I use the Beijing Games as an example, mm. uh, I hadn't been to China before it, and I haven't been back since, so, and if mm. I put it in this perspective from my family, how they see it, if I hadn't competed at that Games, they never would have gone to China, so it kind of, mm. and it's, okay, it's maybe because of the, how that state is, and that's, okay, mm. that's pol political, and that's something mm. you, you well you're told never to bring up in terms of conversation. That's it was mm. it would just cause arguments. So it could be from that standpoint that we've not gone because from a cultural standpoint, mm. it was a very educational country to go to. So would I go back to to China? I don't know. Maybe somewhere else because what my mm. family did and it's been a little bit off topic was they. Mm. Obviously came to see me compete, but they did all the touristy things as well. So they went to uh, Xi'an to see the Terracotta Warriors and mm. then went to see one of my family members who was at the time living in Shanghai before coming to mm. Beijing. So they got to see a little bit more of the country, whereas I, all I saw was, uh, well, Beijing and, mm. well, the Athlete Village. So when people ask me, well, what's an athlete village like? Well, okay, the, the, from games to games, they've changed slightly, but mm. I kind of put it in an analogy. I think somebody at university asked me this. I said, to put it in perspective, it's like university accommodation, but there's more security. Yeah. And that was, <laughs> which is probably, it's to a certain extent, okay, mm. it's, it's, mm. there's some, some true connotations to that because obviously uh, the, there's catering staff, uh, cleaners, okay, at university, well, there may be a univers university somewhere in the world that they make your bed, mm. but that, I didn't happen to go to one of those universities, but they will clean your room, make your bed, so mm. it's it's a, it's a bit like a big brother in terms of, mm. uh, it's like a family away from home, it's like a parent almost, because, mm. well, beyond having that, as a child, you won't get that mm. any time in your life. So it's it's a weird thing, but it's like, okay, that's the norm. Um, I've got that for two to three weeks. Uh, everything's free. So it's the first game I came back from, you're thinking, well, I've got to change my mindset because now mm. I'm back in the real world and everything isn't free. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, you, you, you experience something that you wouldn't be able to experience if it weren't exactly for how it worked for you. And you you mentioned that you had a goal to get a gold medal, but it didn't happen. But then again, you looked at it from a different perspective as uh, what you got from that experience. And that is actually what we're doing here. And that's why I, uh, I talk about life as not a journey, but as a dance. Because when you, when you put up too many goals in your life, it might 
feel that you're on your way to a goal all the time and you're not experiencing yourself in the now. You're going from one goal to another goal and the, the journey becomes your life and not the experience of the journey. So sometimes I feel that setting too many goals and too far in the future actually brings you out of focus in the now. So I feel that what you're doing when you're retrospectively looking at your life, you see that there is, that the dots are connected, even though you couldn't see it when you were there from the beginning. So you see why you needed to do this and why you needed to do that in order to be who you are today. And that's the only way you can perceive your own life as something linear, because otherwise it's always oozing here and there and asking yourself, okay, do I like this? Do I want this? Don't I want this? That's the only way to perceive life. But sometimes society doesn't allow us to do that. Society likes us to do everything in a linear way and everything is going to be planned and you work from nine to five and then you come home and you do this and you have vacation and everything is so planned. And I think that hum human beings, our true nature actually don't need this kind of planning because when you trust your reality and when you trust that your life will unfold exactly as it should, you kind of ooze, you dance through life. You don't make it a journey, you dance through it. Because making it a journey can sometimes be very disappointing at the end of the journey because it didn't turn out the way you expected it to turn out because you were not conscious while you were doing it. Well, that's, that's uh, definitely well, well. I think from an athlete perspective, it's very, very much regimented in terms of like you say you you've got uh well if you put it in perspective from a nine to five i say an athlete's lifestyle is probably even worse it's because it's mm. cycled in terms of four-year plan into a mm. year into a month into mm. a week and then obviously what you're going to do data <laughs> so when, mm. when people ask me what oh, if i use that when we were on training camp for example uh how do you get through a, a two-week training camp well, okay, I've obviously got the 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 plan for the whole duration that we're going to be training, mm. uh, and then I forget about it, and then I look at every every well, I, I kind of simplified it and look at each session as it came because, and then okay, there's day, there's one day done, that's done. Mm. I can't do anything about that. The training's done mm. for that, and I used, I didn't overcomplicate it ever. Okay, we get mm. these big plans, and you can see how it's structured. But I never delved into it to say, well, this is the amount of training I'm going to do for four years or or, or mm. the whole year. I'll take it each day as it came. And then mm. as it, things got closer, um, obviously, well, if I put Beijing into perspective for the parallel for that, because it was my first games, people say, mm. well, did you get excited? I was like, maybe... I think our teammates say it was a hundred days ago. Yeah, it's hundred days ago. Mm. It's still a long way away. And yeah. I, I, I try and think of when did I actually get excited about it was probably maybe two maybe a week to two weeks before we were gonna leave that it, it mm. actually said home, okay, I'm going now. Mm. And now now I'm getting a whereas before that it's like it's well, a hundred days is like almost three months. Yeah. 
There's a lot yes. can happen in three months. You could get hurt. Uh, well, you're not. Mm. Well, you could, in some cases, get deselected and things like that. So a lot can ha- a lot mm. negatively could happen in in mm. that short space of time. So I was like, I was probably to a certain extent a little bit pessimistic as to okay, I'm not. It's probably my, my demeanor and character to a certain extent. Mm. I. Well, certain times I'll get I'll get emotional and excited mm. about something, but most cases I'll play it down and oh, mm. it's it's not, it's not important. It's not important. It's 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 come back to bite me sometimes, uh, in in the sporting sense because I've been termed uh, it's something you brought off off air about laziness. Mm. Um, it's mm. perceived as I th- I I still kind of portray it sometimes not to this day as um, I give this demeanor that um, I've got a lazy uh, etiquette um, I don't care it's 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 probably I've got well in all honesty I'm quite laid back so I think mm. what well, I think one of the coaches used it quite a good analogy of it um, I'm late I'm I could I couldn't be more laid back. Well, what was it? If I was more laid back, I'd be lying down. So, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't take things. Mm. I won't say I, I, I it's, it, it's, it's put me at risk at in times in 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 performance sport because mm-hmm. it's as if I don't care, but I, I do. It, it's, it's kind of a weird one in terms of. I think. I think that what you're actually describing is um, it's more of trusting. You don't need to invoke fear in it because when you start to excite yourself, you're also invoking uh, terms that you need to do something, you need to accomplish something, and it takes the edge of the joy of being there and doing it. So in order to stay in a, in a calm state and enjoy the joy of doing it, you need to lower the expectations and just trust the process. And that sometimes can be felt by others from the outside as laziness because you don't want to do things. Your body says, no, lay down and just do nothing because that's what you need to do right now. But as I say, society is always pressing back on us, telling us, you need to do this, you need to do that, this is how you should be doing it, because we are not, we're conditioned not to trust ourselves. We are conditioned that the society outside of us, people, others, teachers, everybody else knows things that we need to learn. And it's not always that, because you're the one knowing your own body best you know what feels good inside and you know when you need to stop worrying when you need to stop heightening the expectations you need when you need to come you know when you need to come down and that's what you do and that can be perceived as laziness from the others because compared to the others that are up and running and doing stuff all the time you might be perceived as lazy because you're not doing it this is only your way of harnessing energy that you need later on and that's how you do it but people are so fast to label us lazy when we don't do it the way they want us to do it 
So I, I, I feel that you are um, actually much more in tune with who you are, and that's why you know when to be laid back in a situation. And you, I feel that everybody should trust themselves more than what others tell them out from the outside, because maybe you don't need to train as others do. You don't need to do what others do. You will perform anyway. We're all unique, so what's good for you might not be good for me. I feel what's good for me. Of course, you should take advice from people that are, but it's only an advice. It's not written in stone. You can do whatever you want with it, I feel. Oh, but in terms of that kind of um, environment, it's it's probably the it's it's that it what's that what's the term that people it's the quote uh it's what's it i can't think lost my train of thought but it's you've got to do it their way or what is it it's 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 mm-hmm. my what was it or, the term it's my, my way, way or the, the highway. highway so yes, it's the, yes. that one it's you you either conform or you're gone so it's yes i, I think i brought it up when i've talked to ex-athletes in terms of that when we talk about um there's that perception I don't it's either I think we talked about it a little bit that it's either the media don't want to talk about that there's politics within sport or people are like oh no no no, it doesn't exist it's like mm, yes it it does it does it's how you Mm -hmm. handle that situation I've been in most cases I've gone under the radar with it it's like well I know it exists I'll play it to my cards when I see fit okay if if I don't agree with something I'll go probably back it if there's a majority because Mm. if you're out there by yourself on an island it's like well Mm. if you start fronting up to say quote unquote the man well Mm. you're going to lose because that's that's, uh, it's something you touched upon with ego Uh, Mm. that person has an ego you have an ego there's going to be a little bit of fracas and Okay, he's he at the end of the day, say for example, the CEO of that sport, mm. the somebody high up within sport. Well, they've got all the power. Okay, mm. you're you're fronting up to me. You're the athlete. Okay, I'm going to make it as hard as possible for you to ever get selected. So you're thinking, I'm mm. talking to one athlete. He's in that sort of condition right now. You're thinking, well, talking to other athletes, it's like, well. Y- by confronting them every single time on on particular issue, mm. you you are right to do so. But I'm retired now, so I can say what I want, mm. and there's mm. no ramification. Whereas you're still competing and want to get to a higher level, you're just putting more and more barriers in front of you to have to mm. hurdle. Whereas if you say, "Okay, I agree with where you're coming from in terms of oh, this isn't right, this isn't right, this isn't right," but it's sometimes it's like well maybe let it lie mm. to make things a little bit easier but that's probably coming from my perspective i've had i've had other people in in my corner fight those battles for me i've had to just deal mm. with the sport and they'll they'll deal with the political side of things okay mm. you're you're putting hurdles in play in in my way mm say for example I won't, I won't bring up what sport it was but when it was other people were getting other chances to to mm-hmm. take my place but mm-hmm. when it came to my when it was my opportunity and that was in my case 
they were saying, no, 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 that's that, that's it. That's that's the that's the only trial we're going to have. You're thinking, well, well, that's one situation for everybody else and one for me. Mm. So it's like, well, if it's that that situation for them, it should be the same case for me. not not one mm. rule for them, one rule for me. So mm. I had somebody fight me and talk. It's like, well, they've had all this and it was one off day, and I've mm. well never performed as poorly as that before or or after it it was probably because it was like you say that expectation of uh getting to a paralympics i'd never achieved that it was i think it was the stress of that that made me perform so poorly okay i it could have been multiple mm. other things as well but i kind of put most of the i won't say the blame but the emotional state that I got myself into was because mm. of that and having that high expectation where I need to perform at this mm. this particular moment in time mm. to get to where mm. I want to. So and then subsequent other competitions since no problem. Mm. But it was coming back to that moment in time I kinda used it as a, a motivator and looking at mm. putting a positive spin on it to mm. help me make decisions later on in my career so mm. I had to move um, from where I was based at university to to that central base mm. uh, before Beijing I had to make a similar decision four years later with uh, the London Paralympics okay this time it was a little bit easier because I wasn't at university so I was thinking well I've done this it worked out I'll do the same thing because this is what turned out I'll put myself in a uh, in a positive uh, light mm. to be able to achieve that goal. Okay, it may not happen, but I'll give myself mm. the best opportunity to get there. Okay, it did work out, but it might, I, I knew realistically I'll give myself a year full-time in mm. that sport, uh, would it have been 2010 to 2011, if it doesn't work out, I'll, because I deferred, I was going to do a post-grad, that I deferred to the following year to to give the sport the chance that it deserved. Okay, if it didn't work out, I got I had a university degree mm. to come back to. Oh, in the end, I did them both, which was probably not a good idea because I <laughs> did. I was based uh, for volleyball at that time in London, mm. but at university uh, in the north of the country, which is about mm. about two hours by train. And okay, it was twice a week, but I think if I reflect on it now, my studies probably suffered a little bit because obviously I've got to put in, off the top of my head, it was about four to six hours a day training. Mm. And if I'm I'm being honest, that was the last thing I wanted to do Mm. (laughs) at the end of the day was uh, either write... um, coursework, read, and especially yeah. at that level of education, it's a lot, it's a little bit harder than undergrad, and probably maybe in hindsight, having that gap year out between doing my undergraduate and doing mm. my postgraduate was probably not the best idea, because I'd kind of lost, not lo- not lost sight of how I had to write papers, but I wasn't in that, I didn't have to be in that mindset for that year as a student 
I, I could do whatever I want, well, to some degree, do mm. whatever I wanted. Mm. When we weren't training, I could sleep, do things that aren't important, like social media and things like that, and kind of mm. do things that, well, in all honesty, are not, not important, because it's, it's mm. only wasting a little bit of mm. time of your day to some extent. Okay, you might find something useful on there, but mo- majority of the time that's not the case. So that was probably a bad thing, but it probably made it's 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 obviously uh, an extra bow to my str- to the string to my bow. Sorry, in terms of okay, I did tertiary mm-hmm. education and I progressed on. I did have this. Well, I won't say the silly notion, but I I when I did start my postgraduate, I was like. Oh yeah, I plan to go on and do a PhD, and I thought there's no chance. It's once I actually got to when would it be? The end of that first year, I was like, Nah, I've had I, that's enough education. It's ha- it's hard mm. enough at master's mm. level, let alone mm. going beyond that. I was like, Nah, we'll call it a day of education. Uh, mm. I had, well, I had a good good run. What would it be <laughs> like? Mm. Twenty well, twenty years of education from mm. from starting the, as a kindergarten. So I was like, yeah, that, that's enough. Twenty years is long mm. enough. Um, and if I kind of bring it back to, oof, as a obviously finishing high school, I was in two minds whether or not even to go to university mm. because I was like, well. I don't. I don't think my grades are good. I, I was. I, I won't say I was. I would never say I was stupid, but I never <laughs> applied myself fully in my education throughout. Throughout it, I. I. I was a above average student. Okay, that my parents probably didn't like that because mm. like I'd be happy with getting. Uh, well, if you put it in perspective from the American system, because I did my last four years of high school in that system. I was on what did I finished with about a B average, so I'm not mm. I'm 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 still quite bright in the grand scheme of it. Mm-hmm. But I was quite happy to get B B. Well, I say majority of them were probably Bs. I did I'd have mm. look at my report guys a fair few As, but I was quite happy to be in the middle of the mm. road and. Kind of, it's probably come back to my 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 character of being quite laid back. That's where I'm happy mm-hmm. to be, and there's nothing going to change. Yeah, and it's yes, of course, because it's a part of your personality. And being laid back is about trusting that life will give you what you need when you need it. So that's, I mean, that is what you're actually talking about. And I was thinking about the education and you you talking about the grades and everything. I excelled at everything I did in school. And then I met my husband and he was like, he asked me a question. He said, do you like what you do? And I was going, what's there to like? I need an education. (laughs) And that's actually to put it into a perspective for me, because what good is it if you excel at things that you actually don't want to do? And grades are actually only telling you how good you are at repeating what they tell you to Mm. repeat. So I was very good at repeating what they wanted me to repeat. 
but I had no clue what I wanted to do when I was 19 years old. I didn't know who I was, actually, because I have not had the time. I excelled in so many subjects in school. I was the best one ever, but I didn't know who I was because I used all my effort to please my teachers and to be what they wanted me to be and to get this good grades because they were a ticket into university that I didn't even know what I wanted to study. And I think that the entire educational system needs to change in order for people like you and me and others to actually find out what life is all about, find out who we are and what we love to do. That's what the education system should be doing, not telling us who we are and boxing us in by putting grades on you can this fast enough. So, I mean, it's it's a question of how you look at the educational system. It's a question of how you look at grades. It's a, it's a question of understanding yourself in relationship to everything else around you in your reality. So, it, I mean, education isn't everything. If you know who you are and you pursue your desires in reality, then what you need cannot be hidden from you. It has to come to you. That's a universal law. And sometimes it is harsh and hard, as you spoke about the... The, the limitations you have uh, in the sports world, for instance, it's not always up to you if mm. you can perform good or not. There are limitations, but still, you are doing exactly what you want to do at this moment in time and space. If you wouldn't have used, for instance, social media while you were on that train back and forth, you wouldn't be doing this podcast today, probably. Because you understand that social media is a way to to express yourself mm. is a way to have a megaphone talking to much larger audience. So there is something in everything you do in your life. There is a purpose with some, with everything that happens. So I, I think that actually when you look back at your life, it probably has been exactly as it should have been in order for you to be who you are at this moment. Well, I probably put a positive spin on it. Uh, probably at different points of the light of my life, probably more so mm. as an adult, that mm. I've kind of I look at it from the sports perspective. I people say, "How did you manage to do so well in what was it? Well, relatively well, if I look at it, mm. uh, in three different sports." I said, mm. "Well, one, okay, I, I was probably probably fairly talented." Mm. Um, I was definitely in the right place at the right time. Mm. Every it seemed to be every single time. Okay, mm. I did have the notion that I was going to compete in Rio, and people have said to me in the lead up to it, "Ah, oh, you should be competing. You're in good physical state to to be there." Mm. I was like, "Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but." That is coming back to, I'm in good physical state because of the business that I am now in, which is mm. personal training, that I have to look the part to be mm. able to say to people, you need to do X, Y, Z, because if I wasn't in, mm. in shape, somebody doesn't have mm. that same, I won't say respect, but they mm. they won't listen to you because it's like, well, if you're not doing it, why should I? Mm. Whereas... If I come back to that point I was going to make, they were saying I was in 
good physical uh, condition to compete. Okay. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I'm physically able to because I'm not. I'm not. I'm still. Yeah, I probably could have still done even Tokyo if I if I put my mm. mind to it. It was the desire. I probably lost the desire to want to do to well drive my body into the ground day in day out. Mm. I okay. I still a little bit of a masochist to a certain extent because I still do it at a domestic level. I will, as I think my mom terms it very very well. It's self inflicted when I get injuries and things like that from training. It's like well. I had the luxury when I was at elite level, I'm paid to do it, so it's a job. Now mm. it's a hobby, so everything that you do to yourself is self-inflicted. So I can see from where she's mm. saying from that. It's it's your choice to still do sport now. Nobody's, I won't say it, well, they never, I never had anybody ever force me to do something I didn't want to do mm. in terms of sport. So that one is kind of not a good example. But... The circumstances can force you. It doesn't have to be a person. I mean, the circumstances can sometimes force you to do things. Oh, no, I, so, I, 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 I enjoyed, I won't say all, 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 the, all, all the 10 years, but there were certain aspects of it that I, I okay, the traveling was nice, the competing mm. in different countries. There's certain aspects of training I, I do miss. Most of them I don't. Uh, and when I say to kids um, to kind of reflect on it, um, what was I going to say? Um, as to why you do that, do sport or do anything in life mm. Mm. Uh, for so long a period is to kind of come back to it when you were a child. Is why why did you first start doing something? Is obviously because you enjoyed it, mm. you love it. It's, you do that, that's why, okay, they're lucky that they're getting paid to do it as an adult, mm. but they still enjoy what they're doing. It's mm. when I say, when I, it was time for me to to stop at that level, is probably coming back to that mindset, is mentally I didn't want to do it anymore, and that's mm. time to stop. It's, it's, mm. no, it's, it's no point... Um, people said oh you could still you could still do it mm. yeah but I don't I don't I'd rather stop now than okay possibly make another games mm. do poorly and think well if I had put a little bit more effort in over these past X amount of years where would I have been mm. and that's something I didn't want to have to do because it's like well I can't I, I, I've done all I won't say done this training at half ass, but not done it at a hundred percent. And if I had done, what would I, what would be mm. the outcome? I can't change any of that now, and it's it's mm. kind of you're dwelling on something you can't now control. So it's like, well, it's better that okay. There's probably other factors that mm. made me come to that decision, but it's like no, I just just meant as people said, I have you if you um kind of given up it's like well no it's it's the the mental aspect mm. of it it's you're not going to do something half half hour it was no was no point doing mm. from my opinion there's no point doing something half ass at all mm. at all it's you, you either put everything into it or you don't do it at all and then 
obviously, as you get older, um, injuries mount up. At, at that level, obviously, you're going to get sickness mm. um, and injury, well, not injuries, but ailments failing because mm. that's just your body's starting to de- degrade. Mm. It's just, there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, I think sports uh, brings that about a little bit more quickly because... It's not in. It's not. It wasn't designed to be, to be brutalized mm. like it is. And I think from, as the point you raised off air in terms of, the disability, um, I think it's probably in some cases, um, what was the word I'm looking for, uh, makes the impairment. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, come about more quickly that. Because I've, I've, due to my the nature that I've got, I, I've got scoliosis of the spine. Mm. Um, what else have I got? But that's obviously as a condition, it's not ideal for anybody. But the mm. like the negative connotations of it, I probably make worse. And obviously, because I have a prosthetic leg, mm. Mm. Uh, I'm going to have a weaker back anyway. But I think because mm. of how brutal sports was on my body I think it's in some cases if I don't exercise I see it more that it it's increased it increased the severity of it mm. the condition more so than if I hadn't done it but then on the flip side of that I was very very fit so it kind of counterbalances mm. it you get the, mm. the the effects from exercise but it, it also makes conditions worse so it's mm. it might made the condition come about more quickly so it's because how mm. I see it probably as an probably a older gentleman I'll probably be in a wheelchair but that's something I've mm. come well not come to terms with that more recently but over the years I think well that I know that's going to be possibly mm. My mm. my my outlook and on, on life, and that's what it's going to be. Okay, if I stay fitter, that may not happen. That may not, may not be the case, but mm. Mm. We'll, we'll do everything in my part. So it's it's kind of one of those things. It's a catch twenty two. The sport has probably made that possibly happen sooner, but we'll have to wait and see. Yes, uh, I do understand what you're at because you have to weigh things against each other, your desires to accomplish certain things and your condition that might be an obstacle in that. At the same time, I feel that, I mean, as long as you're doing what you love to do, and obviously you must have loved to do something with your body, you must have felt the joy when your body was strong and you can do stuff. And in a way to actually show others that anything can be done, because that's what this um, ability to do what you have done is showing others. That's why kids come up to you and ask you questions about you because you're different than others and still you are doing things that even, I mean, totally functioning uh, men cannot do. So you're, you're stretching your boundaries and that is, I think, what your life actually is all about, stretching the boundaries checking where are the boundaries and then pushing them a bit just to see where they stop. And then you try something else. And I think that's how one should look at one's life, actually, to to acknowledge that 
the limitations one have put on themselves and then to use these limitations in order to make it a, a, a bigger place, a bigger space to be in. And that's the joy of doing that. So I feel that I think that everybody, anyone, you pick out on the street and ask them that question, they would probably describe their limitations in life and how they are trying to push them. But they're not aware of it. They call it something else. They call it obstacles. They call it problems. They call it something negative. But it actually isn't anything negative. It's just... It's just the way life works, the, the pushing of boundaries and limitations. That's what we're here to do. We're here to try these limitations and to just change them into freedoms, the joy of doing that. So that's what we're doing here. Well, like you say with limitations, I've never, I've never, I'd say, maybe, maybe a little bit later in life, but that's, it's coming to things where I like, well, I don't really need to do that. So that's not really, mm -hmm. in my eyes, that's not really the limitation. Whereas as a child, or if I bring into terms like on the playground, if I bring this analogy in, that uh, I think my parents said to me, well, I don't know how old I would have been, like early primary school, elementary mm -hmm. school, uh, obviously if we, we, I'd see the other kids playing on the monkey bars and... Well, the first day I obviously couldn't do it, but I'd be there sitting on the side, working it out, well, okay, how can I do this, that I'm able to do it, and I think they said to me, within probably about two to three days, I'd be doing it as well, and then, and it's something, through the, through the later years, I've obviously looked at kids uh, doing things, I think the other one would be, go, go, well, running up the slide the wrong way, which is, mm -hmm. in this day and age, is not very uh, health and safe, not very uh, good for health and safety, but it's it's one of those things uh kids like to test the boundaries, okay, well, mm. what, 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 worst case scenario could happen, okay, wasn't well, that bigger slide, is, uh, I don't know, friction burns, uh, holes mm. in clothes, mm. uh, and things like that, so it was seeing them how they do it, and how can I adapt this, that I can do it because obviously with the mm. prosthetic leg, there's well I haven't got no control over any mu mu well, muscle function mm. to be able to generate power to go up mm. a slide. Whereas I've only got one. How can I do it? And then I I I, I think this was probably like late elementary school and like primary. Mm. So I was well be about twelve. So I'd be a little bit bigger than I was when I was mm. on the monkey bar. So I, I'm a little bit more developed in terms of musculature and things like that. And then mm. uh, kind of using, when we go into secondary school and high school, I probably used my, by this time, my upper body strength, which is, mm. probably, I won't say twice as strong as somebody, but probably, probably, it's probably somewhere in that ballpark at that age using it as in my advantage for um, upper body things. So uh, the American system has a, for their PE, they've got like a presidential award and mm. they've got certain physical tests that you have to do and there's like parameters to, I think, well, to get the actual award, you'd have to be across the board. Mm. But, but uh, well, obviously due to my disability, some of those are, unrealistic obviously mm -hmm. bleep test for one 
uh, I'll, I can do it, but I won't be mm-hmm. able to get very far in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the one I excelled in was the pull-ups. So I was like, mm-hmm. I asked our teacher, "What's what's the top? What's the top one for the actual awards?" Mm. Okay, I think it was. I can't remember off the top. I think it was twelve or something like that. But I don't know mm. if that's correct. Somebody mm. will probably have to quote quote me on that and say what mm. it actually is. It could have gone up. It could have gone up since I've left mm. high school. Or was mm. it now? Twelve years ago now, uh, yeah. so it could have it could have gone up, could have gone down. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms, of, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone down because people aren't as active as they they yes. used to be. Uh, mm. But I said to the teacher, "Well, what is it?" And trying to talk into the other students, oh, should I go for it? Should I not? Somebody got close. I was like, because I was like. Nah, I can't. I can't really be bothered because it's not. It's not a lot. It, I think you want, we had to do. I was kind of looking at the average, just thinking, well, I can beat most of that, so I'll mm. do that. And I and I think, why not? Why not? And I and I did. I, I can't remember how many got in the end. I think it was mm. in the twenties, and people say, oh, "How do you manage to do that?" Well, I'm, that's this is my this is my. In my eyes, is a forte of make of my, one of my forte because I'm using my strength and my advantage and it's mm. kind of going towards when we've got into the the sport at the high level um it come it came well, i think came back to bite me in the ass i think one one year because our uh, strength and conditioning coach said to me because uh, i was kind of just coasting a little bit mm. in terms of training and mm. just doing enough to be stronger than the rest of the team, which was, uh, in all honesty, not very difficult. And I think I was working maybe at mm. 60%, 70% of what I was actually mm. capable of. So she took me aside and said, well, there's no point you just being, well, to term quote-unquote, me- technically it'd be mediocre, because you're not actually getting anything out of the session because you're just going through the motions and you're not really mm. testing yourself. So I was like, that's fair enough. That's a net fair, mm. fair enough reflection because mm. by me just being mediocre and going through the motions, it's a bit pointless, the session. Mm. So it kind of flipped it on the head. Okay, okay, I'll take that criticism on board and I'll apply myself a little bit more. And I think the subsequent sessions after that, uh, it got a little bit more competitive between the mm. uh, the top three of us in the in the mm. in the, in the squad in terms of strength. Because oh, how much does he weigh? He's about hundred kilos. One of the, the stronger ones, and I'm mm-hmm. about seventy kilos. And we were doing a bench press exercise, mm. and he dropped out before me. Because he couldn't, mm-hmm. well, in theory, couldn't do any more. I, I think he's like, yeah, oh, James won't be able to go any more. It's like, mm. so the coach asked me, "Do you want to go up?" Yeah, I, I know, I, I know, I've got a little bit more, and I did it, and he came back in. So it kind of brought that competitive mm. element to get mm. the better out, the best out of him. So he's pushing mm. himself now beyond his ba- the boundaries because mm. he doesn't want me to beat him because I'm I weigh less and I'm smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that was actually what I was talking about, the boundaries, uh, trying to push the boundaries, because the boundaries are there 
just in order for us to push them somewhere. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. So for you, for instance, when you were talking about um, uh, the poor performance when you had the negative mindset, you talked about it a while ago. Actually, what that is, is your reality showing you how much mind can do and what your mind actually is. So it's a, it's a valuable uh, experience in your reality, even though it was a negative experience for you there. I mean, you lost and you didn't do what you wanted to do and you felt um, like a failure probably afterwards. But it doesn't matter because what you take out of that memory is that it, it showed you by example or by experience what your mind is capable of doing. And the same thing with the story here where you push yourself into more and more and more because you want to experience how it is to feel to feel it 100% in your body and it could be a negative experience but it actually gives you a positive connotation to it because it shows you how much your mind is doing for your body how much how much your body is dependent on your mind actually and I think that the entire reality, the way we are creating it for ourselves, is very, very much dependent on our mind and how we perceive reality or how we choose to see it. It's it's like putting on glasses. When you're when you're in a negative state of mind, you won't see everything you need to see in your reality because your frequency will shut you down and you will see only in the range of well, the negativity or the fear or the worry or whatever the negativity might be. And as soon as you start relaxing, as soon as you start having fun or, or doing something with joy or follow your passions, you open up and your frequency heightens, which means that you take in more of your reality, which means that you see the possibilities in your reality. And that's how you create, that's how you push your boundaries, actually. So it's always about the retracting and, and extracting or the, the change in the boundaries that is what actually makes you feel alive because if it would be still you wouldn't feel alive so yeah and then the last point I'm gonna mm -hmm. ask before we wrap it up is mm -hmm. you asked me off air what was my take on disability and why I use that word in in, yes. in my website so if you I, could I Yes, I, I wanted to ask you that because when I went to your website, the, the, the word that really stood out for me was disable. And it really got me going because I, I, um, I love to play with words. And I started wondering, what does that word actually mean? Not being able to do what? I mean, I, I know a lot of men that cannot do what you are doing. So for me, it's like looking at Superman and he says, I'm disabled and I don't get it. What is uh, the word? What does that word actually mean? For me, it would be to say um, differently abled because you can do things in a different way than maybe average people are doing. But then again, we have to start talking about what is average? What is the norm? And if you look at it from a higher perspective, you would see that every single being is unique. So there is no such thing actually as norm. And something that is not within the range of norm would be disable. So for me, that word is very, very strange. And um, I just wanted to ask you how you feel about that. I mean, 
the word disable. I don't. I don't know. It's something that we discussed off air a little bit in terms of mm-hmm. uh, it's probably trying to conform within uh, certain parameters that society uh, looks upon it, mm-hmm. because obviously with the society becoming more PC, the other words that would describe um, different ailments of uh, disability uh, frowned upon. So it's probably that word is acceptable, but mm. I kind of touched upon it with you that I would never let that word define who I am because I don't, I wouldn't say I was disabled because, uh, like you said, I, I've done a lot of things most people would say were for them are unattainable so it's a case of I don't know it's, it comes down to it what, what would it, okay I do in terms of having a missing limb it's not there That's that would be my how would I put it it's like you say you don't like the word disability but um, mm. that is the well, impairment's not really. It's, it's not really an impairment. Mm. It's if you look, it's it's kind of like you say words. You're kind of using it to define something, and then it's, you could manipulate it mm. into whatever well, way you want to. Yes, because when you use a word, you actually um, you manifest it in this reality, and the 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 meaning you put in this word is going to. Um, no, I have to put it in a different way. Words are physical manifestations in this in this reality. When you when you label something, you put it in a box and that box becomes the reality. But it's only a box, you can change stuff and everything is that exists exists in relationship to something else, which means that a word like disable must be compared to something. So what are we comparing to? Well, we're comparing to something that we call norm. So what is norm? And when you start doing that, words actually lose their meaning. They lose their meaning. So I feel that every word that is showing that there is something missing is not correct. And that's why I did. I, I, I felt that so strongly when I read the word disable on your site, because being able is to be able to do stuff. And you are able to do a, many things which others are not able. So why would you put this in front of it? That's, that's a very strange thing for me to, to, to look at. And I do understand why, because when you compare it to the norm, it looks that way. But then again, what is the norm? Are we not unique, every one of us? We are. I am. I would. I would say that I am disabled to do what you're doing. I would never be able to do what you're doing. So, why well, am I not? It's, what? it's it's one of those. In terms of you, probably, I don't know. Within look, well, physical characteristics. Some in some cases, some people could. It's mm-hmm. just the mental. It's come back to the mind. They mm-hmm. mentally don't want to. They but they, yes. they don't either. They don't think they can, uh, they, well, they possibly don't even want to fathom and mm. go down that, that they, they're not sporty at all, so that, that mm. one was 
that would be another another sub mm. subcategory, or mm. obviously when I can't touch upon with the physical attributes. Okay, mm. if you're I don't know five foot three, you're not mm. obviously going to be able to do uh, well, be very successful in some circumstances. Basketball, for basketball, um, <laughs> the sports where you have to be yeah. tall. Okay, mm. you're not going to in theory succeed there. So mm. that would be as an able-bodied person, that mm. would probably be their argument. Okay, that's mm. those are valid points. When it comes to probably, but but if I I mean I'm five foot three or something four. I don't even know how how tall I am. I would if I would want to be a basketball elite uh, person. I would have to put disable in my term because I am disabled to do that. I cannot do that because my height is not that. So what I'm saying is the word disable is always in relationship to something else. Should it and that's be, why I, should it be the term then well, like you said, it's a limitation really. But yes. then it's probably probably harps back to the media then, because they obviously say mm. disability. It's what one I was in in the well, in my in my my office, and my mom had the mm. television on, and they were talking about uh, obviously the Russians with the doping scandal for mm. well the last five years, and the mm. gentleman that was doing the conference said uh, they've done this for five years over Olymp. Was it the summer, winter, mm. and Paralympic games? Well, last I heard, well, last I know, the okay, they're different organizations, mm -hmm. but the Olympic and Paralympic both have a summer games and winter games. So that those mm -hmm. two, so you're thinking, why are you making a third tier mm -hmm. when it doesn't? Well, it does exist, but it doesn't. So you're thinking, well, this there's a summer games, there's a winter, uh, winter games for the Olympics. Okay, so why didn't you, then just you put, have why didn't you just put there was these circumstances that they did doping in the Olympic and Paralympic and that's done mm. and most people that follow sport know there's a summer and there's a winter games mm. so I think I was thinking and that was just listening in this room thinking mm. why well and and, mm. and the research I looked at it was less apparent in the Paralympic sports so you're thinking mm. well you can't group those together because it's not as apparent well it's probably mm. well. I, it's like another topic, but I believe mm. the IOC probably missed a beat. They were to not ban the whole thing because I think there was probably some political things in that and money involved that they didn't ban. Mm. Whereas the Paralympic one went, "No, this is this is uh, this is what we're going to do." The whole, even if you're clean, doesn't matter. It was state doping. Mm. They knew that what they were doing. It's mm. going to be effective. Okay, some some athletes have said to me that was too harsh. It's mm. like, well, really? Mm. I don't think so. It's I, I I think it's that's life. That's a consequence. That's a consequence. Mm. Okay, you are a victim as a result, mm. but if you look at to kind of simplify that, somebody's a victim in anything. So it's like, mm. well. You might have not done anything wrong, but that's mm. that's life. It's there mm. has to be a there has, that's a consequence. Somebody's done something mm. wrong. That's the consequence. You mm. you 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 might not have 
have done it, but that is the letter of the law. If you cheat as an individual, that is the judgment. Well, in theory, mm. I think they're too lenient. Too lenient. If you've tested positive for something, you should be banned, and that's it. You're done. But mm. that that was, ah, uh, well, that doesn't exist anymore. That was our stance in the UK. If you mm. tested positive for anything, you were done. That that was your sport career to finish. Mm. Uh, be it if you did it by accident or did it on purpose. Mm. Uh, but they had to kind of back down because the rest of the world wouldn't conform to that. You're thinking, well, if you want clean sport, mm. that was one way of doing it. it. I think Britain was willing to go down to, if you did test positive, it was a, I think it was, two, it was either a two or four year ban, but it used to be here, it used to be a lifetime ban. So it's like, well, that's a compromise. But then mm. they still wouldn't do it. So you're thinking, well, that would help clean it up to certain extent. I think it was four years because then you, if you did pos- test positive in the in the Olympics, Olympics, you would be, but you wouldn't be able to compete at the next one. So, mm. whereas the other countries didn't go with that. So, I think they mm. missed a beat in terms of that. But that's another mm. that's another story. That's another story, yes, because, I mean, I'm not into that kind of things, especially, but I I feel that if you're in a game, you should follow the rules of that game, because it is a game, it's not... it's, it's not about some great <laughs> some gray areas in sport. You will test yeah. that, like you said, testing the boundaries. People yeah. push them fine. There's fine margins yes. between. Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say fair play and cheating, but yes. you'll push the boundaries in sport as to what yeah. you can get away with. Mm, I and know, I know. I, I, I always dream of people being honest when they're connected to their source that they're honest and that they wouldn't cheat. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's a naive way of looking at it. But of course not. Of course, there's too much at stake and all, sometimes there's money at stake. So there are a lot of factors in it that... I wouldn't dare to go into and, and explore here. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's it's probably harps back to it. Everything in life, will be it good or bad, revolves, revolves mm. around money. Well, in this physical reality, it probably seems that way, but it doesn't have to be that way. Of course, we need money to survive and we need money to buy things and to share stuff with others and and even to give joy to other people. But uh, it's not all. I mean, we do... You can have loads of money and be unhappy. So it's it's kind of important to know who you are and, and, and... seek the happiness from within and then the rest will just follow as it should synchronistically and in time and space at the right place so Jordana to to wrap up the podcast in like uh, a little brief note what would be your tip be to help somebody improve their day to day life I would say that seeking actively seeking joy in everything you meet even the bad things in your life always trying to tweak everything you encounter to see is there a positive side because this universe actually contains pluses and minuses in equal amount so it's up to you to look at everything that comes to you uh, 
uh, if it comes as a negative thing, try to tweak it a bit to see if there is a positive spin on it and, and seek happiness actively in every single moment, the, the small moments in your life, even when just looking at the trees or, or enjoying the, a sunset, just be present and be grateful for what you're receiving and try to find the positive side of everything. And I think that's a very easy way to start knowing yourself because you are there somewhere in the joy you will find yourself. Okay. And then the final point to take home, uh, if somebody had a question to ask you at a later date, what would be the best form of social media to get in contact with you? Oh, that would be Twitter. I'm at my power talk uh, on Twitter, but they can also send me um, messages via my uh, site, which is, uh, mypowertalk.com but if they want to have di direct connection with me Twitter is always the best so at mypowertalk on Twitter okay then so thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule and coming on the show thank you so much James for having me I've enjoyed our conversation very much if you wanted some bonus content I have now set up a Facebook group where you can interact with both the guests and I the name of this so-called group is Mindset Game. So why not come over and check it out for yourself? And before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short review in iTunes as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it will be more visible in future to others and thus helping more people, which my guests and I are all about. Once again, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast.